Welcome to the podcast from Eden Worship Center. Because we believe that it is God's Word that does God's work in God's people, we want you to hear the gospel preached in the gathering of believers. We want you to read it for yourself and to join us as we think together and talk together about the sermon from this past week and what's going on in our world. You can join the conversation by sending in your comments and questions to EdenWC at Hotmail.com. May God cause His Word to come alive in your heart today. All right, everybody. Welcome to the EWC Midweek Podcast. Pastor Matt here. And Avery. Avery. Avery, do you have a last name? Uh, Nickum. He came equipped with a last name. Yeah, I did. Avery Avery Nickum. Avery, how old are you? 22. 22. All right. Mm -hmm. So Avery uh, shared the word with us on Sunday. Yep. Uh, How many times has that been for you getting to preach on a Sunday morning? Any idea? It's either six or seven. I know that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait to the day where I just stop counting. So, <laughs> that'll be nice. I'm glad. I'm glad that you added the word counting at the end. Yeah. Like I can't get to. The, can't wait to the day that I stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, so how is it? Does it still make you pretty nervous? Does it? Does it wreck you pretty? We should call Jody and ask her. <laughs> oh, Jody yeah. could tell us the truth. She would be able to tell you the truth. Well, so if we asked Jody, what would she say? She would say. There's a lot of care that goes into it and carefulness, I should say. Okay. And um, that causes stress. Yeah. (laughs) So she'd say it could be stressful and um, she could say that it'd be um, life changing too. I don't know. Uh, Because, I mean, if you, God's word blesses you um, if you're studying it. And when you're doing a sermon, you literally are walking in a passage verse by verse and you are studying so much. And I mean, it's, for me, it's a three week kind of studying here and there. And then a week of like really writing it out for right, me. Cause you have a full-time job. Yeah. And yeah. then, so where, where do you work? KZ yeah. with Pete, Tony and Josiah. Nice. But so once you got, um, you get really studying through that week, it's just because God's word blesses you. You're, you're just on a spiritual journey yeah <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah no yeah. and especially when you uh you preach to yourself too when the sermon that you're writing you end up really connecting with it um geez i got done preaching and i went in the back and i was i was messed up i was like oh man this is really hitting me because i um yeah. seen some people go up uh, for communion that usually don't or um people that went up to pray for Harold and it was just, yeah. Yeah, You get to see, uh, when you're up front, the faces of people's responses Mm. and, uh, sometimes that can be really encouraging and even challenging for you. Uh, and sometimes you have to remember like not every facial response equals whether they care or not. So when they look like they've passed away about 10 minutes ago, Mm-hmm. You don't go, I'm doing a terrible job. I should. Li-. I mean, unless you're doing a terrible job. Yeah. But, you know, if you've been faithful in mm-hmm. in preparation and study, yeah. then, yeah, it, it's easy for people to kind of get zoned in and looking, yeah. but not not thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. what's, what's my response look like yeah. to the person who's yeah. sharing? And I got a bit of a easier passage to preach on, so that was really nice um, that I got to preach what I learned uh, already somewhat know. Yeah. And... Yeah. Which is awesome. The bl- beginning of Philippians two as we're yeah. just starting that journey. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. It Philippians two is just going to blossom into maybe the greatest Christology that mm. we find in oh. all of the new Testament. This next week yeah. sermon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's just like, like the whole chapter just opens up mm-hmm. uh, to the beauty of, of Christ's sacrifice oh, and his Lord. humility, uh, his 100%. service for us. Yeah. And yeah, I was glad you got to yeah, it's, be a part of it's that. It's ground shaking, honestly. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. Good. So what, what were some of the things that impacted you? I know I talked with, uh, I think it was Aiden. Cause we, we have several young guys mm-hmm. who, uh, been a part of school of ministry and you and Aiden have both gone to uh, Bible college mm-hmm. and had just been encouraging the last time he preached to uh, study God's word until you understand it. Mm-hmm. So do all the diligence, all, yeah. all the back work, study till you understand it. Yes. And then once you've done that to just stare into it until it causes you to worship mm-hmm. and then you preach it. Yeah. But you're preaching it from oh, yeah. a heart that's been moved oh, yeah. by the gospel yourself. That's the best part. So what what were some of the things in this that moved your heart with the gospel? Yeah. And... Um so one of them was uh coming from a family of cousins and aunts and uncles who are not Christian. Um and not really having um like a family like I don't know Aiden's your family where you can go to family events and um, you can talk about God openly and you're not really looked at weird or, and so I never really had that. And then when you preach on the family of God, Mm. that you are adopted as children into the faith. And then you see when you're looking at that family and you're preaching to them. And I said, um, some of the, some of them are more family to me than my first cousins, and that's that's the truth. And able to preach Christ to them, and preaching on how we're supposed to serve each other yeah. and love each other, and um, learning that is only because of Christ. Like I I mentioned in the beginning of the sermon, that there's other religions that have church communities. It's just not a real love in that yeah. church or at least some it's something that looks like a church yeah. community yeah which I, I thought maybe that's that's a helpful clarification mm-hmm. um given the fact that church is the word ecclesia and it's it's those who have been called out by god separated mm-hmm. by god unto each other yeah so it, it maybe isn't a church it, yeah it's not a church quote unquote logistically but, We know what we mean when we talk about something like that. Yep. So yeah, a community um, of, I mean, it's in Hinduism, uh, Islam, and they have groups, communities where they um, try to act as a Christian church would, but for their God. Um, But there is, it fails. (laughs) I mean, there's testimonies from missionaries I hear all the time of, it's just not possible for them to achieve what they want to in those communities. And it's because... There is no real God for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Christ, and because our God humbly went into uh, flesh as he came to save the world, um, because of his actions and the things he did in humility, our church is able to mirror that. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, only so because you had, of him. I, I made a note, because you had mentioned uh, that hearing from... Uh, missionaries around the world. Mm. Uh, and you mentioned a podcast that has been impactful yeah. 
towards you. Maybe talk Very. about that just a second. Yeah. So um, it started when I was working at Dogwood Hills, like 10 hour days. I needed something to listen to, um, something godly. And so I was like, you know what? I've been told to listen to Voice of Martyrs podcast. Let's check it out. And went on there and immediately was blown away hmm. by the testimonies. So there's a host, and he has a missionary come out. And, I mean, sometimes they're from Africa, Southeast Asia, or whatever. Um, but the ones from Africa are really interesting. Let's say an African comes on, and he, they, he has, the host has the person tell them their testimony. And then uh, how they got to Africa as a missionary, or they might already have been living there. Sure, yeah. And then they tell them how they were persecuted, um, or how their family is persecuted. And um, the most remarkable thing for me is every single episode that there's a missionary on, they say, how can we pray for the people that persecuted Hmm. you and your family? And it's it's like whoa, yeah. Uh, but then you get to hear that, and it's 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 quite an amazing, life changing podcast. Yeah. Well, because at the end of the day, uh, they didn't go there that those people would be judged. They went that those people would be saved. Yeah, for sure. And it it makes you reflect at um, in the United States too, like at work when you're at work and you're having a bad day, and your coworkers are persecuting you or whatever <laughs> um they're they're just making fun of you or something you're like oh you're all you're butt hurt and then you get all offended but then uh, you have to really look at that and be like yeah. if there's missionaries that are literally praying for the salvation of the people who murdered their friends and family yeah then yeah what am i doing <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe we have yeah. the wrong definition of persecution, persecution. here yeah we Absolutely. do we 100% do uh that's because we're generally babies yeah but oh yeah yeah so maybe we'll we'll put the uh, link to that podcast in the description mm. of that'd this be awesome one. uh just give people a chance if you're listening to this go go and check it out voice of the martyrs mm-hmm. podcast good uh, so anything else in philippians too like something that that stuck out to you or what like what what would you say is the main point of that passage that you had to deal with which yeah. was uh, philippians 2 1 through 4 yeah so that's tricky um the main point strictly in verses 1 through 4 is i would say grounded in that first verse um the encouragement therefore an encouragement is from or yeah. of christ um, but if you can expand outside of that passage, um, the main, main point, I would say, is in the paragraph before that. Um, Paul really gets into living a life manner uh, in a manner worthy of the gospel. So you yeah. have to ask yourself, why? Why does he strictly say it like that? And how is that used in that paragraph? And then he goes into striving side by side with one another, mm-hmm. um, living mm-hmm. for the the gospel. And then he goes, therefore, in verse one, it's an encouragement yeah. of Christ. Um, and so in that previous passage, you kind of just get a live your life, manner worthy of the gospel, strive as by it. And then the one through four is why um, and how. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, it's only because our God was humble and um, a servant in humility. Yeah. And then he goes into after that two through three, uh, or three through four. Um, yeah, three through four on 
what it looks like more to do that. Yeah. And it really, it's an upside down view of what we would expect. So yeah. uh, maybe for somebody listening, if you remember two weeks ago, uh, we went over that passage in Philippians 1 in verse 27, where he says, uh, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel. And that it's almost hidden in our English translation, but he, he says, live as citizens worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it, the whole point is that we have a king and, mm. and the king is Jesus Christ and his kingdom is what we've been adopted into. Yeah. So live like you're citizens of that kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then you come into your passage and, and here's where it flips kind of upside down on us. Uh, he's like, do that together. So if there's any mm. encouragement in the fact that Christ is king, uh, if there's any comfort, if there's any peace in the spirit, you know, in the midst of our afflictions and uh, like all those things, he goes, so make my joy complete by being in one accord, mm-hmm. like be united, be yeah. together in this thing. And then he flips the whole thing on his head by, by saying, not like, look how strong our King is. Mm-hmm. Uh, look how he has uh, crushed every enemy. He goes, look what our King has done. He's humbled himself, not, yeah. not holding on to pride, uh, but humbling yeah. himself, taking on the form of a servant, laying down his life that we might be saved. Like it's a, it's a servant King, mm-hmm. which we almost never expect to see in our political leaders. Yeah. Right. They're, oh, yeah. they're the ones at the top demanding that everybody else serve them. Mm-hmm. But he, he's like, here's the reason that we're united. Here's the reason that there's encouragement mm-hmm. and comfort. Uh, it's the fact that yeah. we have a servant King who has loved us. Uh, and served us by dying for us on the cross yeah. that we might be adopted into his family, which is that when you follow that whole argument there, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty stinking encouraging. Oh yeah. And you could take that passage for sub titles and stuff. So many of them, like I, I was sitting here thinking of different things I could have said in my sermon of like, uh, man, I could have talked about husband and wife serving each other in the yeah. church and, um, you could have gone so far with Christ's humility. No, you could have, yeah, but it but, was already one hour and three minutes. Yeah. So we're glad you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was that the longest sermon you've yeah. ever preached? <laughs> I went, my first one, I think was 18 minutes <laughs> and that one was an hour and three. So we should, should we be concerned? Like for the next one it's going to be like an hour 20. Like if we let you uh, preach six more times, you're going to be right around the three hour yeah, mark. Three hour. Doggone as a three hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. People would probably be leaving. It's hard. I mean, you, you only had four verses, but yeah, when you, know. you start doing the expositional work, you're like, there's so much here. I feel like I have to say all of this, but I can't. Oh, yeah. So you're cutting out things. It, you know you're doing mm-hmm. good work. Yeah. When you start cutting out things, you're like, man, I can't cut that out. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part. And I mean, for the listeners, a little behind the scenes, um, it was Saturday before Sunday. I was practicing the sermon and Matt gets done listening to it. And we come in the conference room <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, yeah, it's an, almost an hour long. He's like, you're going to have to cut some stuff maybe. And then at the end, he's like, but you can add this and this. <laughs> I was like, I'm oh. so helpful. Yeah, I was so, like, oh no. You're going to want to trim this down. By the way, you, you need to add this in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which you did a great job with that. It, part mm-hmm. of the, the add-in was, you know, if we're going to talk so much about uh, living lives worthy yeah. of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we should talk about the gospel of yeah. Jesus Christ a little more. Yeah. And it, I thought you did a great job of sort of filling that mm-hmm. in at the end and painting a really full picture of yeah. that. 
in a an emotional touching and reality picture. Yeah. A lot of times we think of that stuff outside of reality like it's the gospel is not actually living. Mm-hmm. Um but it is. And so it's it's nice to bring that into reality in an emotional way. Yeah. Yeah, especially that that gets to the thing about staring into it till it causes us to worship, mm-hmm. like until it moves our yeah. heart. Yeah. And then once it does, well, now I'm communicating something that's real to me, something experiential mm-hmm. rather than just, well, I kind of believe this yeah. is true. Yeah. And that's another way the sermon um, impacted my daily life afterwards. Like, like I was saying, preaching to yourself, um, once I pre wrote the gospel part of my sermon down and it really Mm. seeped and soaked into my heart. I was like, Oh, I'm convicted. Yeah. Um, I've been living outside of the gospel reality, but I need to be living inside. And so, I mean, at work now, if I'm wiping a a wall that I have to wipe down, I, every time I go down, I'm like, God is my peace, my hope. He's my salvation. Um, because I was like, you know, I'm not doing this. Um, during my daily life, um, besides when I get home. And so what, is, does, yeah. what does it look like to live in that gospel reality all the time? Yeah. How great is it when the preached word of God, even when it's us who've done the work of preaching, yeah. uh, has that impact on our hearts that calls us to greater and greater faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I got done with the sermon and there was at least six people that said, man, very tough to hear and convicting. And I was like, was it? Was it? I didn't seem like it was. And then, I mean, the next day it was like, yeah, that was. Yeah. I was like, that in your own life, that was convicting. And yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. So there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And I I appreciate your diligence, uh, the diligence of like the preaching team. Uh, So two weeks before you preached, uh, there was a team of guys also at this table who sat down and went through. A, an outline worksheet yeah. to help help you prepare for mm-hmm. it and you've done the same thing mm-hmm. uh you know what how do we exposit this passage and I, I appreciate your your carefulness your diligence in that uh was there anything in the sermon that in particular you're like oh i i could have said that better uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I say that because oh, poor forgot. Avery was assaulted by the preaching team. Oh yeah, uh, and I, so one of the things that we we want is yeah. not perfection. <laughs> that, that's not what we're after, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're not like it, as if preaching is a performance yeah. of any kind. No, it, it's a it's looking into God's word. It's being moved by God's word and then sharing God's word because it's God's word that mm-hmm. has power. Yeah. Right. Paul's going to go. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto yeah. salvation. Not me, Paul preaching it or Avery or Matt mm-hmm. or Harold or anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not performance, but we really do lean towards, uh, let's be precise with our yeah. theology. Like let, let's get God right. Even down to the way that we talk about him and think about him. Mm-hmm. And I know you, uh, I was corrected. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. I got done. in love. Yeah. In love. In love. <laughs> I got done. And it's funny as my coworkers too. Um, I go in the back in the sound booth. Josiah's like, put you put these headphones on. <laughs> and he already has the computer. And this is like five minutes after his church is done. And then he has already the clip pulled up. At, at the clip. And he's like, just, just press play. <laughs> 
And I was like, what did I say? <laughs> and then I said something about the Holy Spirit that it was wrong. Um, and I think I was getting too far into a not looking at my screen and yeah, yeah. just in the moment uh, on the Holy Spirit with the analogy of the circle and the triangle. Yeah. I think it was around then. Yep. And yep. I was going into Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Trinity outside of creation in creation. But the thing is, because we are in creation, our thoughts and the things we can comprehend are, it's complicated to an incomprehensible God. Yeah. And to our being like minds. And um, I went too far into <laughs> it. And it, it was I just ended a up, misspeak. Yeah. All it was. And I ended up saying that. Um, the spirit and Jesus are the same, but in the same, but it's not like that. It's father, son, and Holy spirit in one that are one God, except they're, they have three different roles or, um, yeah, not, three, well, three distinct persons, yes, three distinct persons, uh, one essence mm-hmm. of being. So they, they are one God, Yes, but there's three distinct persons in the father, the son and the spirit. Yeah. I had, I was sitting there in. It, it was just, it was one of those. And if you haven't had to do it, number one, public speaking, yeah, right. Cause that, that's, that's the leap. But then secondly, public speaking where you're presenting God's word, mm-hmm. right? For me, that's a whole nother level yeah. of responsibility. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if you don't know that experience of like studying, looking at your notes, but then you're trying to say it. In a way that's not robotic as yeah. you just read what's on the page. You know, you want to, yeah. you want to look up, you, you want this to connect with people mm-hmm. and yeah. So maybe to say that the Holy Spirit is Jesus <laughs> is, is not, uh-huh. not precise, but yeah. uh, yes, if anyone was concerned, we are Trinitarians. Yeah. We, uh, we're not modalists that mm-hmm. believe that there's, uh, that's what, the Jesus only people would believe that mm-hmm. he, he sometimes is in the mode of the father yeah. and the mode of the spirit or the mode of Jesus. Mm. Uh, no, they're, they're three distinct persons. Yeah. And I know that you believe that, yeah, which is yeah. why it was funny when these guys uh-huh. came and went like, is that what you meant to yeah. say? Yeah. Like, oh, darn it. What yeah. did I say? After I got done <laughs> listening to that, Tony came up and I was, he was like, good job. And I was like, I messed up, didn't I? And he was like, the Holy spirit thing. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> But it's not as bad as what I almost said while I was reading God's word. It was, um, you must kill the flesh and live according to the spirit. And I was looking up too much while reading it. And I think I said, you need to kill the spirit and live in the flesh. Or that, something. that would have been bad. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, that could have been bad. We had, we had a song back in the day uh, that was, oh man, it was like... I don't know, early nineties, maybe that had this big chorus to it. Like, it's all about you, Jesus. Uh, it's not about me mm-hmm. as if you should do things my way. Right. It, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly how it went, but uh, frequently over the years that I heard that song sung, people would, I think it was a Freudian slip where they would transpose it 
to what they actually mean. Oh, and no. they would sing things like, it's not about you. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> oh, Which no. I, I think with uh, Christian music and what we do in the church sometimes is way more accurate to what we think. Mm-hmm. Like we act like this isn't all about proclaiming the greatness of God. It's actually proclaiming the greatness of me. Yeah. Like turn on Christian radio and mostly oh, yeah. what you're going to hear is you're super duper awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's why God loves you. Mm-hmm. And your biggest problem is you don't know you're super duper awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's your biggest need. You yeah. just need to know it. Uh, and it's yeah, just not we, true. Like yeah. God is great mm-hmm. and he's the one who should be exalted. And it's not about us. No, it's not. It's if anything, it's about us is that we are, we're evil. Yeah. <laughs> we're pretty terrible people outside of God's um, uh, love. Well, and the sad thing is I, back to the saying it backwards thing. Uh, I think we, now we don't have the ability to kill the spirit. Why? Because he's the eternal God, mm-hmm. uh, but we can quench the spirit. Yeah. We can grieve the spirit, yep. which we're going to look at this week in Ephesians four. Exciting. And it, we grieve the Holy spirit by then acting like it's all about me mm-hmm. and it's all about me. So then I can take it out on you because mm-hmm. you forgot how awesome I am. Yeah. And that's why I have anger and wrath and malice and slander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's just, it's all these things yeah. stored up because you sinned against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Uh, so to redeem the time here, because uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that was long. kind of funny. Like there, there was there was no heretical anything going on. That that was just mm-hmm. a slip of the tongue oh, in yeah. saying it. Uh, but you had something where you were talking about Christ and the incarnation uh, of Jesus coming to Earth, and I, I just I wrote it down when you said it because I thought this was a great quote. Um, that Jesus put on the same flesh as the rest of mankind but sinful flesh couldn't overtake him. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit because sinful yeah. flesh overtakes us all yeah. the time. Oh yeah. Um, well you, you see uh, the, uh, Jesus was conceived with the Holy spirit and Mary, right? So he was born into the likeness of man, putting on the flesh. And we know from scripture that flesh is like, like I said earlier, kill the flesh and live according to the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's, from Adam, then on, we cannot stop sinning. So what, is, what does flesh symbolize, just thinking the, the broad spectrum of biblical theology? Sin. It's living in sin, um, if I'm right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So think of, uh, think of your refrigerator as, as an example of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming you're a good God-honoring carnivore, Right, because uh, <laughs> they get off the boat, and God says to Noah, "All right, yeah. uh, all of this is my gift mm-hmm. to you. Eat the animals. Yeah. I made them delicious." Mm-hmm. Right, and so we have we have flesh in our refrigerators, mm-hmm. and if you cook it right and prepare it right, you're like, "This is awesome." Mm-hmm. But we also know something to be true about that—that that it's dead. Mm-hmm. And that there's yeah. there's death that's reigning over that flesh. Yeah. And our refrigerators are fighting that process. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you leave that delicious hamburger in there for a week or two weeks or a month or a year? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you open that thing up. And I don't know if anybody's ever had this experience oh. where you, you go someplace, you're like cleaning out an old fridge that was in somebody's oh, garage yeah, and you that open before. it. And it's like... It, 
like scripture says death reigned from you know this to this death is reigning in that Uh refrigerator because that flesh is contaminated yeah and that's the whole thing with sin coming in uh, that god's warning to adam and eve was if you do this you will die Mm -hmm. and that every moment of that living in the flesh it was death contaminating it yeah but Although Jesus put on flesh, yeah. he wasn't contaminated. Yeah, and you see in the New Testament too, maybe in all four Gospels, I'm not sure, but I, I know I know it's in John. Um, when Satan takes Jesus um, and he shows him, like, you can have all of this mm-hmm. if you just lay down your, your throne, right? Yeah, worship me. Yeah, worship me. Um, you can have it. And... Jesus is like, no, uh, because he is God. He has authority over Satan. Man up there, if Satan would have been like, man, you can have all of this, they might do it. <laughs> because yeah. it, I, I think they do do it yeah, all yeah, the time. We, yeah, we like, do we do it. Do it. Yeah, we are guilty. Yep. Um, so flesh overtakes us, but flesh could not overtake Jesus. Yeah, yeah, which is so, it's such a beautiful theological thought that he put on flesh and dwelt among us as John says at the beginning of his gospel. And yet that flesh was powerless over him. Yeah. Like it dominates us. It's mind blowing because you see your friends, family and coworkers. And I cannot imagine a human being that never sinned. Mm -hmm. It's just, to me, it's it's so mind boggling because we do it all the time. Yeah. But what a beautiful thing now that Christ has, triumphed he has saved us he has filled us with his spirit yeah which isn't the same as him they're mm. two different persons yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just rub it in <laughs> he says he's able to say all right now no longer live according to the flesh mm-hmm. no longer judge anyone according to the flesh like it, it is a new creation in christ uh, but it's only because of his victory like what yeah. a what a precious thing that is uh-huh. i love it which get, I think that actually pulls us back to your passage of uh, he's going he's gonna to tell them, because that's the case for you, uh, be in full accord and one mind with each other. Do nothing uh, out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant mm-hmm. than yourselves. Like I, I, can, I can love and serve other people because of what Jesus has mm-hmm. done for me, because he's triumphed yeah. over the flesh for yeah. me. And that's that's a that's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Um, besides, but yeah, that like um, serving one another is it's just ridiculously hard to do. Yeah. And it, so think about the times where we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Where, man, it's the last thing I want to do, uh, or you know, I, I'm in the midst of it, and I'm like, this is so painful. Almost every time somehow our eyes have shifted from Jesus and the glory of the gospel, what mm-hmm. he's done, accomplished on our behalf. And I'm looking at myself. Yeah. How I feel, what I think, how I've been hurt in the past. How it benefits you. How it benefits me. And we're like, I'm not sure it's worth it. Yeah. It, I'm not. Yeah. It, and there's other times where our eyes are fixed on Jesus and we find ourselves right in the midst of serving other people uh, without even thinking about mm-hmm. it. And we're like, well, of, of course. And they'll be like, I can't believe you're doing this. You're like, of course I would yeah. do this. Like, why wouldn't we do <laughs> this? Like, God has loved us so much more than mm-hmm. me just helping you out. Yeah, he really has. It's the, like I said in um, my sermon, uh, one of the biggest things that ever 
the greatest things that ever happened to humanity is salvation. <laughs> like yeah. that's way more than anything I could ever give somebody else or right. do for somebody else. And he gave us the greatest gift of all. Yeah. Yeah. But we, it's so easy for us to get our eyes fixed on the wrong thing. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it's not salvation. It's this situation. It's this person. Mm-hmm. It's this problem. Uh, and, God, if you do this, I mean, how many times have you heard people say, well, yep, now I know there's a God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not because he saved them, not because he transformed them, but because like he made their car start on a Thursday morning and now you know there's a <laughs> yeah. God. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus around. Christ put on flesh and uh, came to earth and dwelt among us and went to the cross for you. And you're just, it, it's all won or lost on whether your car starts. Yeah. <laughs> what a bunch of creeps we are. Mm. <laughs> sad i mean not not you and me but other people <laughs> yeah other us, people are creeps yeah yeah uh, anything else from your sermon that stuck out that you're like it would be good to talk about this um oh you know what there was one thing uh i loved the illustration you used of being a kid and going to the house and the shared cup mm-hmm Maybe talk about that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it was something maybe dramatic. Because, <laughs> I mean, I remember as a little kid just being like, this is nasty. Like, why do we have to do this? Um, is this... So, in case you missed it. Okay, yeah. Like, give us give us a little yeah. bit of the backstory. Yep. So, and then I'll tell you what I thought was super funny yeah, about it. I would be babysat by an Amish family all the time. It seemed like a lot. And I would go out there and just hang out. I had some of my best memories there. And I remember specifically being um, exhausted or whatever. And I come inside and I'm thirsty. And I'm looking for something to drink. And there's just this blue cup sitting right by the sink. And we were told that you just need to fill it up, drink it, and then dump it out when you're done and put it back. And everybody drink out of that cup. It was... the I don't know if mom and dad did, but there was all of the kids and there was more than six. There was plenty of us. <laughs> and it was just, I remember being so gross. I'm like, why do we have to do this? But I compared that to um, when Paul says that we're all partakers in grace. Um, and so if you look at it as a as this cup of grace that we all get to yeah. share as the yeah. family of God, as we're adopted as children into his family. And we drink that cup together of uh, our faith. It's, it's, we share it. I don't know. Yeah. And, and Jesus says, it's not going to be easy. If you follow me, you're going to have to get rid of all your old life, all of your sin. You're going to have to, um, just leave family members um, yeah. because of me and you're going to be persecuted and then you're going to get to share physical blessings too. Um, so it's good and bad, not good. It's all good. Um, there's just some stuff that we get to share together as we drink that cup. Yeah. yeah the cup of salvation. Uh, and I, I love, I loved how you kind of pulled in, you know, Paul's words talking about it, there's one faith, one Lord, one mm-hmm. baptism, one cup that we drink together. Yeah. And, the reality is sometimes there is some bad in that because uh, you and I are sharing the same cup. And that means that my sin kind of bleeds over on you and yours bleeds over on me. And I mean, it's one of the reasons why God has joined us together in the body of Christ Mm -hmm. uh, to call one another up, to grow up together Mm -hmm. into Christ who is our head. Uh, But if we're not careful, if we're not diligent, 
then we're actually, because we're sharing this common cup of grace mm-hmm. in the church of Jesus Christ, uh, my sin can bleed over onto other people in the church yeah. and, and vice versa where, you know, something happens, people are like, Oh, mm-hmm. that person goes to your church. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're a sinner just like me, just mm-hmm. like you, yeah. you know, but we're, we're, I love that illustration of sharing in that common cup of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a beautiful reminder of what God's called us to. Yeah. I thought that was good. Now, here's why I thought it was hilarious and maybe a psychological insight. Because one Avery Nickham would come to our house from the time <laughs> that he was a young boy. Uh, I'd have and many cups of grace. He had many cups of grace. <laughs> you, you were a partaker of the fountain <laughs> of oh, grace. Yeah. And we'd always know... Uh, if Avery had been there, cause there were like five or six cups just sort of strewn around. Usually they were, they were kind of around the kitchen, mm-hmm. but just sort of on different counters in different places. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is, this is funny. I wonder if those two things are tied together, mm-hmm. but how, how great is it that that's not what God has called us to? Like, even though it is a, an individual, it's a personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like he has saved me. He has saved you. Yeah. And yet the reality is, it's not just that he has saved us mm-hmm. and it, we share of that together. Yeah. Although Avery, when you come to our house, you're still going to get your own cup. <laughs> yeah, Good. <laughs> and if I catch you drinking out of my cup, <laughs> it just became your cup. That's how that's going to work. That might happen. <laughs> that's funny. I just, I found that. So uh-huh. in fact, I was over there laughing uh, in the corner. Oh, I didn't even see I, that. It's so rare that I get to like, just sit in the congregation and, enjoy mm-hmm. the sermon, yeah. you know, it, it usually you're, you're up there preaching and yeah. So to be able to just sit and, and take it in with the rest of the congregation. Mm-hmm. But then when he started talking about that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just thinking about the 10,000 uh, cups of Avery. Yeah. I mean, even after Bible college, when I stayed with you guys for a couple months or whatever, I, Danielle has a picture of me next to <laughs> how many cups I had out. So it never stopped. We went through the house and we, uh, we picked them all up and put them in one spot, mm-hmm. but it was like from a day, uh-huh. just <laughs> one day. There's like eight cups. And don't even ask my wife about how many cups I get at home. Jody, you're a brave woman and we deeply love you. <laughs> Thanks for being committed to yeah. Jesus and loving yeah. Avery. <laughs> a great example. I think to maybe tie this up with, um, we all have, not just the big sins, but we all have those little eccentricities, you know, things that kind of mark us out and maybe make us weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, look at any of our lives long enough and you're going to find weird spots in there. Yeah. And yet God hasn't called us into fellowship because we were all perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually has called us because we were sinners. We were broken by sin, now made alive in Christ yeah. and joined together. And so we get the opportunity not we have to. We get the opportunity to love each other in spite of all those things. Yeah. To encourage each other through all those things. Yeah. And that's just super cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And it's it's important to remember, too, um, because in, in the church, we can very easily turn against each other yeah. for the wrong things. And for us to look at us being a family, like... There's nothing my brother could do, like my actual brother, that would upset me enough to be like, I'm not going to talk to you yeah. for a long no time. No longer brother. Yeah. But right. if we look at, hey, we're all adopted into the faith of Christ and we all 
are sinners saved by Jesus, um, then it, it kind of helps you look at a different perspective. Like we each other are not the enemy. Yeah. Um, the yeah. enemy is Satan. Even if somebody like gets on your nerves yeah. and they annoy you yeah. and you're having a bad day and you're like, Oh my goodness. I just hope Matt or Avery don't come around. Cause those two drive me nuts. <laughs> right? Even then mm-hmm. that's not why we're joined together, yeah. right? It, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that unites us, Yeah, which is why, uh, in two weeks, when we look at the second half of this passage in Philippians, he's going to go consider him. Mm-hmm. Consider him. Look, look what he has mm-hmm. done. How he has humbled himself to serve us, to save us, mm-hmm. and let that be your yeah. your pattern. Let let this mind be in you mm-hmm. that was also in Christ Jesus. And why do you get reminder. to preach all the good ones? No, oh. I'm joking. <laughs> it's because you preach all the time. <laughs> oh, I get to hog the good ones. Yeah. No, it's exciting. Exciting. Well, thanks for coming in, doing the podcast. Yeah. I appreciate Thank it. Thanks for letting us pick on you a little bit. Mm. Uh, any final thoughts you want to throw out there? No. No, nothing. Not, no. He's exhausted. Clocked out. All of the thoughts for the day. He, yeah. He came from work, went, went home, took a shower. Yeah, ate some ate, lunch. Game booked here, it in here. Drink another cup of coffee. <laughs> and I'll go home and sleep for a little yeah. bit. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Th- thanks for thanks for coming in and doing this. Thanks for your diligence in sharing God's word with us mm-hmm. on Sunday. So uh, this coming Lord's Day, we're going to be gathering uh, together as the church. Uh, in fact, it, I would just put a plug in. We don't usually do this, but um, we dedicate the last Sunday of every month to something on discipleship, something on growing in, in your faith with Jesus Christ. Uh, and we're going to be looking specifically at uh, how it is that we treat each other and talk to each other and uh, how it is that we in the church can put to death gossip, uh, put that sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so prevalent in the church. And it, so oh, I, yeah. I would just encourage everybody uh, read through the end of Ephesians four, starting at verse 17 to the end of the chapter. And then let's gather together with God's people. We have uh, adult Sunday school starts at nine and Sunday school for all ages. And then we're going to be having the worship service at 10 a.m. So Lord will, and we will see you there. All right. God bless. Thanks, Avery. Yeah, no problem.